Welcome to Legends from the Hill, the Franciscan University Alumni Podcast. In celebration of our 75th Jubilee year, we are talking to alumni throughout our history about who they are, what they're doing now, and their candid experiences of life on campus. We're your hosts, Christy Fleming, Director of Alumni Relations, and Megan Cohen, Class of 2010. Join us as we hear how the Franciscan spirit lives on in the lives of our alumni on Legends from the Hill. Today, we welcome Justin and Hope Schneer. They were at Franciscan in the late 1990s with Justin studying mental health and Hope studying humanities and Catholic culture. They are the founding members of the popular folk band, Hope and Justin. Justin also is one of the founders of Tractor Beverage Company, which is a 100% organic, non-GMO, made-from-real-ingredients beverage company. The two of them are also very involved on campus as they just started an unplugged scholarship for students, which supports connection of human reality for students to give up smartphones on campus. Hope is a brand new Board of Trustee member, and we are excited to welcome them today. Welcome, Justin and Hope. We're so excited to have you today. It's good to be here. Yeah. Can you uh, start us off and take us way back and uh, share with us where you're from and how did you land at Franciscan? Go ahead, Justin. All right. Well, Justin's uh, answers are going to be more interesting than mine. Let's just get that out. I'm not that interesting, but I grew up in Southern California. I was raised in a Jewish family, and when I was 15, I converted. I came to the faith, and I basically I described myself much like a tree. I had this like great love for God that sprouted really fast, but I didn't have any roots. So like a w- little wind would come, I'd just fall. And I knew I wanted to learn, and the roots I kind of referred to just knowing my faith. And so I only wanted to go to a Catholic school. My local priest had been to a conference here, mentioned Steubenville. This is the only place I applied. And the first day I showed up here on campus and never visited, I just applied and came. Wow. That's that's a shocking adjustment, I'm sure. <laughs> Southern California to here, <laughs> yeah. it was like, oh, this is what the rest of the, everything, like Colorado's back east to me, like everything was back east because I'd never known anything but California. <laughs> so this was a shocker. Yeah, very much. For sure. Mm-hmm. Totally. For sure. And I'm um, from Vermont, which is like a pretty liberal state. And my sisters both went to Franciscan, and that was a total godsend because I remember, like, yeah, junior and senior year, getting a little, like, um, I don't know, enticed by just worldly culture and kind of like the hippie worldly culture that was going on in Vermont and and the art scene and a lot of good things and a lot of deep conversations, even though I was always pretty devoted to my faith. But I also feel like I had wanted to study forestry and like go to a secular school in Vermont. And if it wasn't for my older sisters, I probably would have gone that route. So Franciscan was so great. It was totally godsend. Still is. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's right. You guys are still really involved in a lot of different ways here. Yeah. 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 So what happened when you landed on campus? Probably what, like in your rainbow flip-flops in like sub 40 (laughs) degree weather. I only say that because we had a lot of friends from California and we were here too. That first, that first icy 50 degree day or like, you know, rainy or like, and where are we, what are we, what are we doing here? Why did I come here? So I I showed up, it was freshman orientation and it was the first day of 
Uh, they, it's just, they used to have this pool party back then. I don't know if they probably don't do it now. Where was the pool? Such, yeah, yeah we were us. just trying to figure it's out where just, the pool is. And it's like to the, like, it was near north the super of the projects. Eight. It's like behind the golf course. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. It still Bellevue exists. Pool. Yeah. 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 It was it's, still, pool. it's still there. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. It's a so city pool. It was the most awkward way. Like, to, it's just so weird to meet everyone, you know? <laughs> I mean, party. I always had my board shorts on, of course, but <laughs> but it was just like, all right, like, hey, nice to meet you. So um, so we had this pool party. I'm walking up, and it was like a group of like 20 girls walking up the hill, just like we're right at the right where the projects are. Yeah. I don't know what they call them now. Uh, the Heights. The Heights. Oh, CC Heights. Yep. So, and a car drives by. And hit one of the ladies' <gasps> purses that she was holding. Sorry, I, I was <laughs> dramatic pause. <laughs> and, Too long. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Horrible. So hits her purse with the car, like missed her by like inches. And uh, three guys jump out of the car and they're like, Who hit my car? And uh, the lady's like, I did. I'm sorry, I did. It was. And he's like, Do you got a problem? And he got in this girl's face. And I'm, I look around and I'm like, I'm the only guy here. So I was like, I got to step up. So I'm like, <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, hey, bro, love, peace, and harmony. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> We're, um, I'm like, look, it was just an accident. No one got hurt. Thank God. I'm sorry we hit your car. And uh, one of the guys, he's like, I mean, he was like bigger than a Coke machine. The guy was like massive. He stands in front of me. And then another guy comes up from behind, grabs me around my arms, <gasps> and the guy to the side of me hit me in the face. That's insane. And oh so my I got gosh. jumped my first day. I got jumped <laughs> at Steubenville. This is my culture shock from Southern California to Steubenville. <laughs> oh like, welcome to the hood. <laughs> and so I basically struggle. I get, I get them away from me. And this was actually kind of my first Steubenville spiritual experience. And I look at him. As he's like, I'm like, I'm about to get yeah. beat up. <clears throat> and uh, he looks at me and we had like made, I, we made eye contact and we're actually like, I felt like I saw him and he saw me and we both had the same thing. We both had fear, but I had fear I was going to get beat up and he had this fear of the world. And I think he almost recognized I saw this fear in him. So, um, he just looked at the other guy and said, hey, come on, guys, let's get out of here. And they jumped in the car. Actually, I called and reported it to the police, and they put three guys in the hospital that same day. They were um, <clears throat> on a gang initiation. Wow. They were high in PCP. And, um, yeah, so um, it was actually, weirdly, the best thing that happened to me because, like, now I became, like, this, the guy that like <laughs> saved all these girls. <laughs> and yeah, I went to the pool. I had like this big black and blue eye. And oh I like, gosh. so I was like, immediately I was like, You were the hero. I was the hero. It was amazing. <laughs> Freshman hero from wow. Southern California. Yeah. It's hard to come down from that. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> it probably was all downhill, but I, I worked it. It was great. It, so it was actually a really great first experience. And it was kind of what, I felt Steubenville, in the sense it was like God was always trying to put me in the womb, you know. And this was like Steubenville to me was like this place where you could grow spiritually. And um, for it was it was like the greatest entry into like I've arrived, and now it's time to like just give it your all. And 
I had to kind of get beaten the submission because I, I could have gone a different direction. Wow. So. Thanks for telling us that story. That's a very unexpected story. I was not <laughs> expecting that. Wow. Very cool. Well, oh that actually gosh. was the night. That night, um, I met Chris Stefanik. And um, so Chris was, we were down at the pool and we were, we were hanging out and he saw it and he's like, oh, what happened to you? You know, like in this crazy <laughs> way. And I was like, oh, I got beat up. He's like, can I borrow your towel? So I gave him my towel. <laughs> And then we were talking and, and um, we went up. He's like, hey, I, I found out he played music. And I was like, yeah, I play music too. Let's, let's go play. Yeah. So he serenaded me under this tree. Under, it was this rock under this tree near the J.C. Williams Center. And he started playing music for me. I'm like, this guy is amazing. And he's like, hey, we, yeah, we, we pray the rosary every night at the Steel Cross. So I was like, oh, I'm in. And so that was kind of the beginning of me meeting the Knights of the Holy Queen. Um, and I went up like basically every day we'd get up, go up to the steel cross and we'd pray together and for hours and have praise and worship. And it just like, it was my entryway into this school. It was, it was an amazing experience. So the pool was a blessing. Wow. <laughs> You're growing I'm your roots. They, I'm glad they don't do pool parties anymore yeah. for orientation. <laughs> so funny. <laughs> Maybe that was the last one <laughs> after uh, that they heard. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. Oh so gosh. then did you join the Knights of the Holy Queen? Was that your... I did. Household. Yeah, I joined Knights of the Holy Queen. We were, I think I was a second class. Okay. Oh, okay. So it was pretty yeah. new. It was pretty new. That's Very awesome. New. And I could tell, I could share a thousand stories about that. But Sure. Well, That's great. How about you, Hope? Um, that's the question. Did you get, <laughs> did you get in a fight on your first day of um, school? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I did. I did. But it was a girl fight. So, <laughs> so... My friend, Sister Sean Pauline, who I was just telling you about, it's the sweetest thing. So we had met at a Catholic camp in upstate New York called Guggenheim, and we decided to room together as freshmen. We were already good friends. and we. But like Vermont and upstate New York, there's just not a lot of Catholic guys. You know, We were like, there's no boyfriend material here. And so we arrived on campus, and we looked around. There's all these like, cuties, you know? And slinging guitars, yeah, praying the rosary, Dang, totally, black eyes. totally. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I, 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 like, I have found it. This is what I was waiting for. <laughs> no, but um, but I was just like, girl, you're gonna have a boyfriend in two weeks. She's like, no, I'm not. And I was like, yes, you are. And I was very convinced that I wasn't gonna date anybody for two years. So I was like, I'm not. I'm just gonna keep my my head up. <laughs> and then that night, we went to Brian McCarthy, or her friend. Who I didn't even know at the time. It's like freshman orientation. You don't know anybody, but right. everyone's just in like fun mode. But he like pulls up in front of Colby Claire in this like junky white van. I don't know whose white van that was. He was a freshman too. But he's like, hey, you want to go to a party? We're like, sure. You know, so we jump in the car and it is at, was at Justin's house. And, um, and he was the first guy I met at my first college party the first weekend I was there. And then sister Sean Pauline is now sister Sean Pauline. And oh my gosh. I know. It's just kind of a cute little fight. That is cute. You gave a concert that night. I mean, you called a concert. It was not a concert. Okay, now you have like, to tell the story. Sorry. <laughs> we just played some music. It was fun. He found out I played music and vice versa. And we just got out some instruments and played. And we, it was fun. People are like, play this. Do you know that song? I like look it up. And she's like, yeah, I know that. And. It's okay. our first time playing music together. Yeah. The first yeah. day we met. The first day you met. Yeah. Wow. That's, that's pretty amazing. 
So music had been a part of your lives before you came to Franciscan individually then. Yeah. Can you guys tell us a little bit about that? Because that is kind of a part of your bigger story together. Yeah. I've been trying to quit music forever, but we're coming out with our fifth album now. Yeah. <laughs> but it's just, music is great. It's been a wonderful thing for the family. Uh, it's been good for us. It's just hard when you have nine children to like actually go out and practice and be like well rehearsed and mm -hmm. to put it all out there. It's, it's hard. It's hard to find time to write. It's yep. hard to find time to practice. It's hard to, yeah. so yeah, music keeps popping up in our it's life. It's so cool. We, Can I interject yeah. for a second? It's so cool because when we got married, I really felt like, Oh, music has been fun, but I'm never going to do that again. Like, I'll play my guitar in my living room every once in a while with my kids, and that'll be nice, and that's all it's going to be. And it kind of felt like I just pushed stuff aside in for, sake, for the sake of, of the gospel, really, of following the call of Christ to get married and to be open to life and to do what I knew he was asking us to do. And then uh, we met some friends, like, kind of early on in our marriage that just said, like, you guys need to record, and... And we said, we have no money. We don't even know what a recording studio feels like. Like, we've never thought of that before. And they're like, and they didn't have money either, but they were so sweet. They're just like, we're paying for your first session. Get in that studio, start recording. So we did that and realized how fun that was and then recorded an album. And then God just kept sending us different friends that played music really well and we kept it going. But every every time we have make an album, I was like, well, that's it. The end. We're done. <laughs> yeah, we're done. Like, my life can't handle any, any more of this. But then God keeps, like, bringing it back. So it's just been pure gift. You've said that so many times. Like, yeah. we're, we're done. Is but this, it's like, just... the fifth podcast where you've said that? No. Like, yeah, that's like, right. We're actually retiring. We're... It's like Tom Brady. I'm but retired, not... yeah. <laughs> totally. They keep bringing us back, you know? <laughs> no, it's great. I mean, it's, it's, it's just something you do when you get together with friends is play music. And then, you, you, hey, I'm working on a song. And you play it. And then, oh, I really like that. You should record it. And, you know, so it snowballs. And, and then you just end up recording another album. And, yeah. and before you know it, you got five albums, which yeah. is just Amazing. awesome. So are they all different? Yeah. Like, could you yeah, kind of see the place in your life or your family life of where each of them are? Totally. Our first album is like so like I feel like we're just such little kids in that album. But I also kind of love it because we didn't really have very many musical friends or connections. So at the time, it was just the two of us kind of. And it's super simple and kind of almost childlike. But. But I'm still happy. I'm happy with it. You know, it's fun to. It does kind of encapsulate these seasons. Yeah, we went from like hokey folky to just like kind of good kind of folk music to like folk rock. We just keep playing, and I still want to quit. And I still hope God doesn't keep knocking on the door. <laughs> but He just did. Like just a week ago, we got a call. Someone asked us if we would play for Seek the conference. Yes, and. We're contemplating it, but it's just such an effort, like to put it all together. So we'll see. Yeah. Yeah. Which is a sign that you are true artists and musicians that you're not just going to throw it together. But it's like this is no, a work yeah. of we won't. But it's also great to I've noticed this in the in the world of musicians. It's so nice to have the freedom that is not our number one thing. You know, most mm -hmm. people have to put all their eggs in the basket of their musical career. Mm -hmm. And we have, you know, Justin's got other projects going on and we have like our family is, is way more important. So it's just such a gift, but it's kind of on the side. Mm -hmm. 
I don't know. And I see that a lot of other musicians are kind of burdened by the need to kind of constantly promote themselves and network and get the right gigs. And uh, and then it doesn't seem fun anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just so. That's a blessing yeah. that you guys have had that yeah. side of it, the totally. opportunity. Yeah. yeah. Can you tell us a little bit about those other opportunities that I mean, feed your life and your family and allow you to still give this gift of music from like a wellspring of, of true, I don't know, selflessness. You guys fill in the word, you know? Well, I'll, I guess I'll share briefly uh, about Tractor Beverage Company, which is the business I'm involved with at this time. And that's definitely allowed us to pursue, pursue music. But uh, we started, I founded a company with two other guys, that basically we do organic beverages for non-GMO organic beverages for we do teas, lemonades, haymakers, drinking, which is a drinking vinegar uh, and sodas. And basically it's our mission to uh, eliminate toxins from the global food system. So that's what directs everything and directs every decision we make in the company. And we've um, kind of founded ourselves on, I mean, it's our mission and we've been able to do things like measure the amount of pesticides, herbicides, and fungicides we're avoiding by farming organically. And so we're doing things like rather than giving a sales goal of, hey, you got to hit X number, right. like we, we want you to remove X amount of toxins from the global uh, food system. And so, you know, belief is kind of high and if I don't believe in something, it's hard for me to give it my all. So this is just something I'm passionate about. And right now I'm in the process of forming a foundation and the foundation is, um, and Tractor Beverage is, they've been generous enough to, we're forming kind of a, a drink or a charity drink that gives back to, so basically Tractor is creating the demand and then we, but it's, we got to work on the supply chain. So how do we basically support those farmers? And mm-hmm. that's, so basically the foundation is going to work on helping farmers convert land from conventional farming to organic farming. Right. And uh, that's the, fa- so the foundation is really more, more where my focus is and passion is. So that's the direction we're moving with tractor. And it's been a gift. Um, you know, totally, I, it's been totally. We have this wonderful Opus Day spiritual director, Father Paul Donlin, who, in the early stages of Justin's venture, he just said, "You give this to Saint Nicholas." Mm-hmm. And Justin's a converted Jew, and he's like, "You mean Santa Claus?" Like, <laughs> I never believed in Santa Claus as a uh, kid. I, like, I, I kind of always hated Santa Claus, Santa Claus <laughs> for thousands of children. <laughs> like from age three, I was like, "You guys are fools." <laughs> God had a lot of Santa Claus, and I believe in Hanukkah Harry. It's ridiculous. But St. Nicholas, Justin took it. You took it to heart, and you, yeah. you know, you've grown into devotion to St. Nicholas. And there was a beach in California that Justin, he had some back problems, and he would go to this beach and, like, you know, kind of move his body, exercise. He felt like this beach brought him healing. And then he looked up one day and realized it was San Nicholas Beach. Hmm. And there was, like, all these little signs from St. Nicholas hmm that he was choosing Justin and choosing to help him on his yeah. projects. So I had beef with St. Nicholas. 
Like we just didn't get along, but he just like, he, he sought me out for sure. He found me. It's, which is the greatest when like, they Saint does that Saint for you? Chooses you. You're like, you want to be friends yeah. with me? Yeah. And do you love that line in the mass on whose constant intercession you rely for help? It's like, we constantly rely on the constant, they're constantly interceding and we forget about them, you know? Amen. That's cool. So uh, our listeners can hear or can uh, find Tractor at Chipotle. And I mean, we're everywhere. You're everywhere now. Yeah, I feel like it's popping up everywhere. It's Chipotle's the biggest one. Chipotle's the biggest. There's yeah. a lot of more like smaller, fast, casual places mm-hmm. that have. I'm not that involved on the sales side of things. Okay. I just know we're at a lot of places. And yeah. uh, we, we were fortunate enough to make the Fortune 5000 fastest growing company this oh. year we i think we got we're in the top 10 for uh, food and beverage and so we're we're, we're exploding and going all different types of places and we'll see where it takes us i mean i'm i'm resigned it could be gone tomorrow who knows but the world feels very fragile these days and and the supply chain is difficult and it's hard to grow so mm. there's we have a lot of challenges in front of us but um i'm not i don't those kind of things aren't the things that weigh me down. Mm-hmm. I'm just moving forward with kind of whatever God, whatever door God is opening, we're going to walk down it and we're going to charge it. That's amazing. Well, well done. And I'm proud of you. I mean, this is just something that maybe should be mentioned that part of the Catholic, um, like the true Catholic teaching is to be good stewards of the land. And it's so mm-hmm. easy to get kind of caught up in or to see that, to let the liberals own that, um, own that space, you know, when the Catholics need to be leaders in that space. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you're not the only one, but there's many who are doing that. But we need more Catholics who are mm-hmm. leading the charge. In, we're just of, supposed to be good stewards of the earth. Yeah, so. but sustainable. Like, how do we, how do we, if we say we're pro-life and we want everyone to have a lot of babies, that means that we need a pretty good plan on how to live sustainably. It's not... The people that are the virus of the earth are the problem. It's the way that we live. So we need, and we're all comfortable Americans. So none of us really want to give up our comforts, but we're smart. And there's mm-hmm. ways that we can figure out how to retain most of our comforts or a lot of them, but still do it differently. I just want to say that we're, I mean, we're not viruses. Like we're, we are, we are the best one of the, our gold mine is our ideas and we will innovate ourselves out of anything. And we're, and so, you know, you have this mindset of, you know, you need to shrink the global population. It's just, it's ridiculous. We're just shrinking ideas. So, I mean, again, the technology is here that I, and it's, it's all going to happen. You know, we just got to be, you know, what is it? Mother Teresa said the, the person was, couldn't cure AIDS, got mm-hmm. killed Boarded. in an abortion, mm-hmm. got aborted. So, you know. Yeah, well, I love that you are a leader in that thought and in that mind because it's centered and it's mm-hmm. like, okay, yeah, this is the approach that God has created us for. So it's nice to have you in that field. You guys have a really incredible approach that you're bringing to our local campus of what you think the human person and technology does. Can you share a little bit about that? Mm. Yeah, so um, we've recently formed a foundation. It's called Humanality, and it's humans engaging reality. Mm. And the idea is 
primarily focused on healthy technology, use of technology, but but also just how to embrace our humanity as a whole and how to reclaim our humanity from what's kind of been what's been lost. And I think we all feel that parts of ourselves have been lost, or at least those who I'm trying to think. How old are you? How like do you guys remember life without an iPhone? Like, Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, phones on the wall, and yeah, you couldn't always be reached. Yeah, totally. There's there's something kind of there's something really good about getting bored and not just pulling this thing out of your pocket, right? To distract your mind. Mm-hmm. So you know, it creates more space, more room for God, for relationship, um, for ideas. So we've had a lot of conversations on how technology has changed us, changed um, families, you know, what's a healthy, like, you know. Changed the campus. Changed the campus, mm-hmm. yeah. We've seen it in our own children. Like, we see it when we walk on campus. There's a little bit. It's everywhere, you know, and it's no one's mm-hmm. fault because Justin is always like, we're just the we're just the pawns. Like, we're just being used. We're the tool. Yeah, like, this the was tool. this idea that this was going to be a mm-hmm. great tool for humanity, and we're the product of the phone, so it's using us. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, we, we were in, I mean, we basically transitioned from, like, an age of faith to the age of reason, and now we're entering into the age of AI. So we're like at the very beginning of entering into this new age. And for the first time in human history, we have basically we're living amongst another intelligible, um, intel, intelligible being, essentially not really a being, but but mm-hmm. this but AI is like it's smart. It they have bots have babies. Like they actually create. They create their like own. Creepy. So creepy. <laughs> And, uh, and they're smarter. They have more access to information, and they know how to manipulate. They're they're formed and programmed to manipulate us. Like these apps are designed to capture us, and we're all being captured. We're like rendered helpless to this. You give an iPad or a phone to you know iPad to a two year old, mm-hmm. and they start getting trained. And from the moment of like their entire life, you expect them to use this tool in a way that's going to be healthy. It's mm-hmm. we've created a, a bunch of addicts, and mm-hmm. so it we're we're in a bad. I mean, I think we're in a bad place, but we're at that very beginning phase where if like we don't learn how to use the phone properly, it's like we're gonna it's gonna get worse. The problem isn't getting better. Mm-hmm. So you're help making this initiative on campus in a right. special way, right? How so, is that? So yeah, to get to the meat. So um, we've among others donated to this um, this uh, yeah this nonprofit that is funding a scholarship on campus and currently we have enough funding for 30 students and the deal is it's a $5000 scholarship per year if you surrender an iPhone or a smartphone so meaning like you can have a, a dumb phone but it cannot have connection to the internet so you have to go on your laptop and if you want to go online, or but to you do your work or yeah, whatever, and yeah. we get it, but but you don't just have it in your pocket, and that means you don't have social media in your pocket, and you don't have pornography in your pocket. You know all the the good and the bad. There's a lot of good things, but there's a lot of bad things, and and it's so beautiful the response. Like we kind of threw it together in August, and there was like a little thing that went out, like hey, real quick, anybody before you come this fall, there's this little scholarship. Like want to jump on, like yeah. just kind of a yeah, feeler. Yeah, it was just, and then, and we had 30 spaces and we got. I think 120 people 120 applied. 120 applicants. And then we offered um, for anyone who would kind of want to be first in line, if you want to voluntarily give it up now, um, 
That would be a way to possibly get the scholarship <laughs> when, it, the when the next so round this, comes up. There was up. no scholarship. This was a volunteer basis. Well, no, the first one we had 30 spots. Right. But then we had 50. So we chose the 30 and then told everyone else, like, hey, if you want to participate, you're welcome to. So we had 50 and we had people 50, volunteer. We had 50 people who, were, who voluntarily gave it up just the thing, their, without any the without things any are hungry money. for it. They're just like, everyone's hungry for it. I'm hungry yeah. for it. Like, mm-hmm. I don't want to be this hyper-connected. It's, it almost hurts, you know? Mm-hmm. So It's crazy. Like, our friend Reeve Roeder is, we're chatting with him quite a bit, and he did something in his high school where he is just handing out these, like, unplugged T-shirts for any student that would sign a little contract that they're going to give up social media for an indefinite period of time, and they could fill in the blank. And one kid wrote two years. So it's like all it took was a free T-shirt <laughs> for her to say, I'm out for two years. Wow. Like they all they need is like a reason. Like it's give me a reason. It's not even a, it's not even a thing or $5,000. It's yeah. an invitation. Yeah. It's somebody saying, I believe that this could be possible for yeah. you. Would you want to join me? Right. You know, like totally. It's, Cause it, and that's funny. Cause that's what you want to create, right? Is this right. basis of communication of a human interacting with another human yeah. saying, I see you and I want to see better. Yeah. I want to grow with you totally. or whatever, you know, totally. It's crazy. And it's hard. Like, <laughs> it's they're brave. I'm so proud of them. You know. But, but the goal is to start a movement, like yeah. mm-hmm. to really. And I think student folks, they're this is just a place to start a movement. They are the people to do it, like because <laughs> totally. they are leaders in the in in America in the spiritual world. And and it would be cool. So to have these these students, these 80 students right now, just sort of be the leaven and the bread, and help create a culture. Not everyone's going to give up their smartphone. But create a culture on campus where, like, hey, put your phone away. That's rude. Right. You know, like, they they can kind of help, uh, yeah, uh, just encourage others mm-hmm. to have a healthier relationship with their smartphones, mm-hmm. too, you know? Yeah. Yeah. yeah it, it'll be exciting to see how these students affect the greater yeah. campus and population. Totally. Exciting. Do they have, like, um, a support system or a cohort amongst themselves where they gather? Like, is there kind of like, okay, we've taken away the smartphone, so what? What yeah. do we fill this with, you know? They, so uh, they met once last, they're doing a monthly meetings. We're going to attend to the next one tonight, actually. And I'm really excited to meet them and kind of see how they're doing. Hear but, their stories. Yeah. yeah. Just, but it, I, the, we were told one story of this one kid, first time showing up to school, no cell phone. He lands at the airport. He goes, where am I? I got to get the terminal too. I don't know. I've never <laughs> gone somewhere without just putting it in my phone and following it and telling me where to go. Mm-hmm. And he saw this like old lady and he's like getting desperate. And she's like walking with this cane. And he's like, excuse me, ma'am. I'm trying to get the terminal too. Do you know how to get there? And uh, Lee's like, oh, yeah, yeah, come follow me. Come follow me. <laughs> And they just, she was so slow. She walked like a snail pace. It took like 45 <laughs> minutes to get there. But he had the most epic conversation apparently uh-huh. with this lady and connected with her. And he never would have talked to mm-hmm. her otherwise, never would have met her, never would have had that experience. And so it just opened his eyes. Like when you put it down, the fruits will come. Like the stories will just develop. Like it, It's not that hard. It's mm-hmm. just when you start engaging with the reality and you start connecting with people and and you just you you life finds yeah. you and you find joy mm-hmm. and so i really i'd say like the whole point of the scholarship is basically to rediscover it's really about hope and to rediscover mm-hmm. the the person rediscover friends rediscover god in a deeper more intimate way mm-hmm. and college is like you're only here i mean you guys you know you're only here for four years 
maybe more, maybe less. But this it's like the these are mm. precious times, mm-hmm. and you want to like suck the marrow out of this experience, and you don't want to spend it on video, like just playing video games or like scrolling through social media and looking at other people's lives. Like you want to live your life here and and meet the people you're supposed to meet that are going to be your friends for the rest of your life. Like getting outside of yourself, and 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 too often I think especially freshmen, you know, you come and you're nervous and it's so easy to use the phone as a social crutch, mm-hmm. you know, and, and then not fully engage. And you hear certain kids that come, and I know Franciscan's not for everyone, even though we all want it to be for everyone. But um, but still, you want them to really experience it fully before they decide to stay or go and to really, yeah, just, you've got everything you need on campus. You have your right. food, you have your friends, you have your studying, you have, you don't need, you don't need to, I had, yeah. I, yeah, I had a student call me because they were nervous about giving up their phone. Oh, and yeah. and they were like, I don't know how I'm going to communicate with my friends. Like, we use this app to, to figure out where we're going to go. And I'm like, well, you could use text. You still can text, you know, group text. Or you could open your door, walk across the hall, knock on the door, and be like, hey, what are you guys doing tonight? <laughs> You know, what's the plan? You could what's jump in the on? van when he <laughs> yeah. drives by. I mean, normally that's bad advice for <laughs> totally. kids, but you know, <laughs> totally. on Francisco, yeah. come on, let's go do something. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. Anyways. Well, I think that leads us perfectly into what advice do you guys have for whether it's current students, young grads? I mean, you just have so many experiences in your life um, mm-hmm. that, yeah, we would love to know what advice do you have for, for our alums and our students? I'm, I'm just going to follow up just in terms of being a student here. Um, just kind of on what piggyback on what I was saying earlier, but um, to really go outside of yourself and really just try to make as many connections as possible. And it's okay to be uncomfortable. Justin got into like taking cold showers like a lot of Exodus 90 people did, and he got me to do it a little bit too, even though I'm so wimpy. But the, I, but the idea of a cold shower, or at least ending cold, is like make yourself uncomfortable. Be get get comfortable with being uncomfortable. Mm. And once you once you aren't scared of discomfort, it can open up so many opportunities mm-hmm. in your life. And so for them to be like, you know, okay, this is kind of awkward, but if I do talk to this random person, but who cares? Like, worst thing in the world is that it's awkward. And so kind of just don't be afraid of being awkward. Don't be afraid of, um, yeah having it go strangely or poorly, like worst case scenario, it's an awkward situation, but just meet. And that's not, that's not the other world. So just meet people and go to things and don't hide away. Even if you're tempted to like, just really throw yourself out there and daily mass father, Paul, our um, spiritual director who I referenced earlier, he said, and I love this. He's just like the answer to every problem in the world, large or small is the mass. And it's in particular, the daily mass. Get your like the if you go to daily mass, it's the answer to every problem. So and everyone has problems. College students have problems. Mm-hmm. They bear them kind of alone, and they have that like sense of loneliness that Father Michael Scanlon spoke of. And first and foremost, that the answer to that is in the daily mass. Just dive in, dive in the household, dive in the womb. Uh, so I call it. You know, it's like Christ calls us to be like a little child, and the little child we can be, but is in the womb of our mother. And and the Blessed Virgin Mary, and that's she feeds off nothing nothing but the grace of God. So just and let her give birth to you into the world, and that's it's just just give it your all. Like you got four years to just take it in. It's a special time. 
don't hold back. Amen. Amen. Yeah. And I, I love that image of the womb. Sometimes people refer to Franciscan as a bubble, but I think that image of a womb is so much better. Yeah. When you are out in the world, it is colder and scarier and louder and it's harder to be yourself. But I love that image of a womb. Yeah, I love, I love that. You Thank formed. you, Justin. Yeah. Thank you. Amen. All right. I'm changing it. On, uh, with it's all the young bubble. students I'm talking to yeah. all daily, you know, mm-hmm. the, womb. <laughs> the womb. I like that place of nurturing. Mm. All right. Great. Very good. Well, we are going to finish up here with our hot takes from the hill, uh, which are just some quick answers to take you back to your time as a student uh, mm. and reminisce a little bit. So uh, who was your favorite professor? Dr. Bessler. He was... So he was just so he was so good. He this like he had his daughter's uh, placenta in a jar, <laughs> and that was weird. But but he was just wacky. That's just like that was his. He was just wacky like that. And I I mean I I took I had to take anatomy physio- physiology twice because I didn't do that good the first time. But it, it was like he he was so great. He and I he was a great professor. Great professor. Mine was the late Professor Fallon. He, um, I, I came to Franciscan being like, oh, I've heard my rosary, I go to mass. I know what it means to be Catholic. Foundations of Catholicism, easy. And then realizing, man, there's so much I don't know about Catholicism and there's so much I don't know about God. And he, his delivery was so beautiful, but I loved mostly just when he'd walk around campus, he would, he would like walk slow and you could just tell he was like in constant conversation with God. And I didn't, I was always, I was kind of shy around my professors. I never had tight relationships with them. But I remember one time being like, hi, Professor Fallon. Do you remember me? My name is Hope. And he goes, yes, Hope Mary Batchelder. And he knew my middle name. <gasps> and I was like, oh, I love you. <laughs> <laughs> and, then, and then he, yeah, passed away. And, and I always would sit behind them at Mass in St. Peter's and watch him and his wife raise their beautiful children and just be so inspired by their family. So I still really think fondly of him. Thanks. I love that answer. Um, so going off of that, did you all have a favorite class? Was it with one of these professors? Dr. Lee Metaphysics. Mm. I, he was just like... <laughs> I was just yes. like, I'm like, okay, well, that blew me away. Uh, all right. Did not expect I mean, that. Best looking professor, hands down, <laughs> on the campus. Just, and really good, really smart. And my son is taking him now, which oh, is just like... Full circle. How cool is that? I know. So great. Mine was in Austria. I took Christian marriage with Professor Ashley, Dr. Ashley. Mm -hmm. Um, And that was so cool because did you guys take that class? Mm -hmm. It's like we're all kind of like sitting there, like paying attention, (laughs) taking notes, like blanking out half the time in every other class. And then all of a sudden Christian marriage, everyone's sitting up with their eyes wide open, like taking every word down because he got into the nitty gritty. And he and I remember just thinking, like, all I really know about sex is what Hollywood has shown me, and it's basically fornication. And I know that sacramental sex is supposed to look different, but no one's ever, but I have no idea what that looks like. I have no idea what that looks like. And he so wonderfully was, and appropriately shared, nothing overly intimate, but just went there with us. And, and most of us were called to Christian marriage, so it was very applicable to our lives. And I just loved how he handled that class, and I recommend it for every student to take anyway. That's great. Mm -hmm. Uh, Did you have a favorite place to study as a student? 
I don't remember studying. Me neither. <laughs> <laughs> metaphysics, no. you didn't study? <laughs> no. I, well, we did I have to take an anatomy your house for a I, metaphysics class yeah, once and being like, yeah. and having a really great, uh, with what's his uh, I, I taught you everything, and then I got like a D and you got an A. I was yeah. so mad. No, I, I remember once studying <laughs> at Trinity. <laughs> At one time, I <laughs> we had a study group for anatomy studied. physiology, and we were like, we had a cat, and we had to like, oh right, like oh. study it somewhere, the cat. dissect yeah, the cat. Yeah. And so we were at Trinity Hall, and I'm like, oh, let's go outside. It's a beautiful day. Let's go around the back. And I'm like, no, 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 you can't go out there. I'm like, why? And like, uh, the girls are sunbathing back there. Oh. I'm like, uh, oh, okay. So that it, it was, like, <laughs> I guess they call it Trinity Beach. Oh, funny. yeah. Wow. That's, but he, that's his memory of almost studying. I want to go to the beach. I got my board shorts in my bag. Didn't know they had this. Hiding the beach behind the girl's door. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> oh my gosh. No, we would. Um, this yeah, we would we would study. My favorite place to study was Eaton Park, because at the time you could smoke in Eaton Park. And we would like go there at night with some books and just a bunch of cigarettes and eat like these weird <laughs> cookies and just be, it was so gross. I mean, my body now would freak out if I treated it that way, but <laughs> but that was like a pretty great memory. Good times. Yeah. There you go. So, did you have a favorite friar or sister on campus when you were here? I had a lot. I mean, I I would have to say though, Father Gus was. He was just such a good preacher, and he could give a homily in 30 seconds and knock your socks off. And sometimes he would. He'd give, like, that one two-word homily, or he could go off for 30 minutes, and you never knew what he was going to do. And I just, like, I had great memories of him in Austria and him, like, just whipping everyone with his little tassel and mm. just just a great spirit and always had a smile on his face. Mine was Father Dave. I mean, he was a new he was a new friar when I was a new student, and I didn't know him very well then. But I always just like he was always my favorite. He just his smile and his kindness, and you knew he really loved us. Um, and he made the faith attractive. You know, he made you want to be holy, and I think he still does. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's true. Mm -hmm. That's great. Finally, have you ever run into an alumni in an unexpected place? Mm -hmm. Uh, I, I once I ran into Ryan Inc. at an airport. He like yelled my name, and you never see anyone you know at the airport, and you always kind of hope you do. Yeah. And so I, I saw Ryan, and it re kind of rekindled our friendship. And he, he's awesome; has an amazing family. He's doing amazing things in life. And so, anyways, it was yeah. it was awesome. I didn't know someone as disastrous as him could turn out to be so amazing, but it happens. <laughs> God works in mysterious ways. Yeah. Oh, gosh. Um, I was just going to say, we went to the Effalusa Fest uh, a few years back, and I was expecting to see a few alumni there, but it is, I recommend it to everyone, because it feels like a big oh, Franciscan party. Like, you just, you just kind of are inundated with all these beautiful, familiar faces from, Those you know, guys and do beautiful great families, and it's such a fun yeah. experience. Like, there's no need to have any other kind of alumni. Well, I shouldn't say that. I'm sure there's great right. alumni reunions, but like that is that it's such a fantastic place for. Were you artists there? Were you performing? Yeah, we performed. Oh, yeah, fun. it was really fun. That's yeah. great. Yeah, Love that's it. awesome. Yeah. 
Very good. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. Um, I do want to make one final plug that you're in town for um, the board meeting this weekend. So Hope is a new uh, board of trustees. Um, and it's a, an exciting weekend on campus of having some ribbon cutting and um, groundbreaking. So um, yeah, anything you would like to share or mention with that? No, I'm, I'm just, I'm so honored and I'm so excited to, to just be a part. It's so neat to re-engage with Franciscan after kind of having our head down and doing family life for a while. It's really kind of fun to to come up and sort of re-engage with this incredible university. And Franciscan's doing such incredible things, so it's so fun to to get to kind of be a part of that, you know? Yeah. 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 Great. Yeah, and you guys are such beautiful examples of the fruits of Franciscan University, you know? It's just so beautiful to meet people that you haven't met before, but there's this like, oh, Connection. we had the same parents. Like we come from yeah. the same family. <laughs> I, I know say that I'm all saying? the time to Christy. Yeah. I say whenever we have the guests on the podcast, I'm like, these are all my sisters and brothers. Yeah. And yeah. they're awesome. It's yeah. like meeting them for the first yeah. time and being like, I know you. Yes. And you're great. Totally. You know? Yeah. So yeah. it's yeah, incredible. awesome. Well, thank you thank so much you for joining us. Thank you so thank much, you Megan and thank Christy. You. Yeah. Thank you for joining us on another episode of Legends from the Hill. If you liked this conversation, please share it with an alumni you think would also enjoy it. And be sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Franciscan Alumni to stay up to date on events in your area and news on campus. Do you know an alumni who has a story to tell? We want to hear legends from throughout our 75-year history. Email us suggestions for the podcast at alumni at franciscan.edu. We'll be back in two weeks with another episode of Legends from the Hill. Thank you.